This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. got my letter about writing down family members and neighbors and co-workers or whatever we want to pray over that list and I encouraged you if you did if you forgot to bring it this morning put it in your Bible so you'll have it with you because we want to pray over I want to take just a, a, a couple of minutes here if you've got that and if you don't it doesn't matter as long as you know who they are but we want to call them out to God I like when I write it down it just helps remind me it helps to be a prompt to me remember we said we're going to be praying and believing for God to save whether it's family members, it might be neighbors, it might be co-workers, whoever it is. We're going to be praying for them. We're going to invite them to Easter service. And we're going to believe God to do something mighty in their life. Salvation or re- being restored back to God. Maybe they're away from God. You've got family members like that. So uh, if you've got your list, just get that list out. We're going to pray. Uh, if your list is written in your heart, you can lift that up to God as well. Let's just take just a moment. Father, right now we take a moment, oh God, to pray for these that you have put in our life and upon our heart. Father, uh, loved ones, family members, right now you just call their name out, whoever they are, Bill, John, whoever it is, Susie, whoever it is, you call them out right now. Father, we lift up the names of family members, we lift up the names, Father, to you of, of neighbors, Father, of co-workers. Father, people that you put in our path, people that Jesus died for, Lord, you're not willing that they should perish. God, we pray that you would open their heart, deal with their hearts, open their hearts and minds to your spirit, to your, to your word, to the gospel, to the love of God. Father, give us uh, opportunities. And uh, Father, give us a, a discerning heart as to what and when to say and to speak to them. Father, send laborers by their path. If they're not open to us, send laborers by their path. Father, we believe for household salvation. We believe, oh God, for a mighty harvest in the lives of these people, Father, between now and Easter. Thank you, Father. We believe for their salvation in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, let's continue during the week in your prayer time. Just take a couple of minutes and uh, lift them up to God. Let's believe God. You know, uh, God, you remember Paul spoke to the jailer and he said, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, and you and your household can be saved. You become the link between heaven and earth for your family to be saved. For, for people around you to be saved. Might be neighbors, might be co-workers. You become the conduit for God's grace and God's power and God's mercy to flow through you from heaven into the lives of those people. And where it starts is prayer. Amen? Man, prayer knows no limits. Prayer, I mean, prayer is not limited to time and space. Did you know you can send prayers ahead? See, most people wait till the problems get here and pray. Why don't you send them ahead? Why don't you go ahead and pray for May? Why don't you go ahead and pray for June, July, August? <laughs> All right. <laughs> See, I never heard of such a thing. Well, now you have. Didn't the Bible say that Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world? But yet there was in this time-space con- continuum here that we live in, that we're bound by, there was a point in time where it actually happened. But in the mind of God, it had happened before He ever created it. Amen. 
Well, see, when we pray, we move into the realm of the Spirit. You can pray ahead about things and head them off before they ever get here. Anybody know what we're talking about? We're talking about what in this series? What? What? That was still kind of weird. <clears throat> Y'all must need some gospel this morning. <laughs> Amen. It's good for what ails you. It is. It's the cure-all pill. Whatever, whatever might not be just right in your life, the gospel will cure it. Amen. It'll heal a sick body. It'll bring a spirit in right relationship with God. Sins can be forgiven. God can provide. God can give direction. God can give wisdom. He can bring comfort. He can bring strength. He can bring joy. He can bring deliverance. It's the all-cure gospel. <laughs> so we're talking about discipleship. You know, the, the Bible scriptures teach us that we're to grow in our spiritual life just like we grow in our natural life, emotionally, intellectually, physically. And we grow, and there's a lot of similarities that we can see uh, from uh, our natural growth that can also be related to our spiritual growth. And we're going to look at those stages of growth today, and, and hopefully we can kind of identify where we're at. You know, uh, many times there first has to be a diagnosis of what's going on in my life before I know what I need. See, sometimes we pray amiss because we haven't taken time to find out, you know, what is it that I really need? If I go to the doctor, you know, and I'm having a problem with my kidneys and he treats my heart. I appreciate, you know, you're taking care of my heart, but the problem was over here with the kidney. Isn't that right? And it's the same thing true with the gospel. You know, when God gives us light, the first thing it does, it reveals what our need is. And then the second thing it'll do is say, okay, here's how the gospel is going to fix that need. Isn't that true? You go to the doctor and you say, you know, Doc, you know, I'm feeling this way or that way or the other way or I got these symptoms. He diagnoses it first. And you don't just get up out of the, this office and walk out and say, that doc, doctor's a quack. All he did was tell me what I already knew. I knew I was sick before I went. I didn't need him to tell me that. Well, not head. If you'll stay there a minute, he'll tell you how to fix it. So sometimes, you know, when we're, we're praying, we're in prayer, and we're reading the Scriptures, you know, the light will show us, you know, some things that need to be repaired in our life. There's no condemnation in needing things to be healed, needing things to be repaired, needing things to be done in our life. What's the, there's no condemnation in that. There's hope in that. Because I'm going to be better off than I was before I came to God at this time in my life. So that's what we need to understand. So as we look at this thing, we want to recognize and be honest with ourselves as I talk about these different stages of spiritual growth and development about where am I? Where am I at? Because God has called us, what? To be disciples, hasn't He? He's called us to grow. He's called us, called us to develop. And He wants us to, as we, you know, it's not overnight. But, you know, if we, you, we've been saved 40 years, we ought to have some maturity in us. Isn't that right? If a 40-year-old came in wearing a diaper, we would know right away something's not right. No, I mean, we laugh, but I mean, seriously, we would know something went wrong in, in, in his physical maturity or his intellectual and emotional maturity. We know something wasn't right there. And, and hopefully we would, we would have sympathy and pity for that person, wouldn't we? We wouldn't condemn them, would we? I hope you wouldn't. And then it's the same way true spiritually. Isn't that right? You know, I see people who, you know, they're 40-year-old babies. And, I, you know, I'm not there to beat them up. I, I feel pity for them. Think of all that they're missing. Think that all that they would miss in the natural life, a child that, for, for whatever reason couldn't develop mentally or emotionally or physically. Think about all that they miss out on the beautiful things of, of, in the natural life. Isn't that true? Same thing true spiritually. Turn over, if you will, to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. We're going to start here. You know, the four stages of growth really are, are these. They're babyhood, 
a child, a young adult, and then adulthood. Those are the four we're going to look at today. Babyhood, chi- uh, children, or child, young adults, and adulthood. And we're going to look at what the scriptures say about that. Because here's the thing. If we've got nursery age babies taking care of the nursery, we're in trouble. Isn't that right? If you've got a two-year-old babysitting a one-year-old, you've got a problem. Isn't that true? The same thing's true in the church. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to say some things, but don't get all mad. Okay? Because I want to help us. Listen, a lot of times we look, we think, okay, you know, okay, it, we just need a, you know, people say, we just need a move of God, you know, for the church to grow and, and to do all the things that we're talking about. We just need a move of God. Well, that's true, but how, what kind of move of God? See, a lot of times in our full gospel circles, we think a move of God where we all come and shout and prophesy and and jump around and do all. And I'm all for that at times. That's all. That's great and good. But you know what? The move of God we really need is a move of God in us individually so that we begin to grow spiritually, so that we're not all a bunch of babies anymore. And God can use us to do what he wants to do in the church and through the church. And by that, the church will grow. Isn't that right? Are you going to give a six-year-old the keys to your brand-new car? Yep, many times that's what we're wanting God to do. Give us this, give us that, give us this, give us that. Well, you know, as soon as you grow up enough that you can handle it, I mean, God's saying, I'll give it to you. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Verse 1, therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking. Now, you know Peter's writing to spirit-filled Christians here. He's not writing to the world. <laughs> oh, Pastor Norris, oh, I'm banned. I'm, uh, I've arrived. Yeah, right. <laughs> Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babes. See, if, if, if these kind of things are happening or we're still dealing with these things in our lives, you know what we are? You're a newborn babe. As a newborn babe, Desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now, when we are born again and saved, you know what? You have tasted of the Lord. You've tasted of the Lord. And boy, wasn't it good. Isn't it good? I mean, it's good to be saved, isn't it? I'm glad to be saved. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going on, let's see, be 42 years this summer. It's good. It's been good. I've enjoyed it. It's good to know my sins are forgiven. It's good to know that I'm a child of God. It's good to know that I'm an heir of Jesus and heaven is my home. That's all good. He said, that's a taste. If that's as far as you've gone, that's a taste. Wow. If a taste is that good, can you imagine what the full banquet will be? (laughs) I don't know about you, but I already got happy just thinking about it. Now, in the babyhood. Some, some attributes of a baby. A baby is dependent, isn't it? It's dependent. I mean, you can't, yeah, you bring a newborn babe home, say, okay, I did my part. <laughs> you know, we brought, we brought new life. The parents said, we brought you into the world. We brought you saved. There you are. Okay. Hit it and get it, buddy. We believe in everybody pulling their part. Share, man, at home. You, you got to get with it. You leave that baby alone, he's going to die. It's dependent. You know, that's why, you know, when, we, when people here in church, when they're newly saved, newly born again, we want you to get into uh, uh, our next step, a small group, our class. Why? Because you need to grow. A baby is vulnerable, isn't it? A baby can't defend itself. It's dependent. A baby also is self-centered. Man, I remember Cindy and I brought our first child home. Boy, was it an awakening. Literally and figuratively. (laughs) It was an awakening at two. It was an awakening at four. It was a revelation. (coughs) That this child didn't give a hoot that I had to get up and go to work in the morning at five o'clock. Man, when the belly said, it's time to eat, it hollered. When there was a mess going on down there below, it hollered. It, all it thought about was its own comfort. Anybody that's been a parent, you know what I'm talking about. It's self-centered. That's what a baby is. You know, you have a lot of babies in churches. 
They're self-centered. They don't get their way, they're gone. I'm out of here. Oh, I can meddle. Try to be nice. They're self-centered. They're easily upset. Man, you know, you had to be careful what you fed uh, uh, the baby, especially a newborn. You know, if you tried to defeat it too much solid food, even, even just a little bit of pablum too much, man. I remember trying to, you know, it, it, sometimes there's more spit out than I could put in. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Remember those days when they're up in a high chair, you know, and you're trying, you spit it out and you put it over. Come on. They're easily upset. You know, babies, they, you know, when they upset, what do they do? They cry. They don't sing the songs I like. That's not, don't preach what I like. The service is too long. The service is too short. Come on. They're easily upset. They need constant care. Now, could you see if, if a church had nothing but babies? That's all we had. How could the church grow? Because what happens is, you know, all the babies demand all the attention. So rather than the pastor being able to do the things that needs to be done to help us move forward and grow, you're always taking care of the babies. You get one diaper changed and another one's got it. You get theirs changed and one you just changed needed it. I remember the baby, I just think, why, why don't you just do all that mess all at once? You have to wait till I put a brand new fresh diaper on you and then you decided to finish. It's a baby. That's the way babies are. Isn't that right? They need constant care. And they eat only milk. Look in, look in 1 Corinthians real quickly. We're talking about growing up as disciples. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now I hope that we're not describing you, although I hope that we do have some babies because the other side of that coin is if we're a church with no babies, something's wrong. Because life reproduces. Sheep reproduce. You know, a lot of times, you know, churches are wondering, you know, the, you know and they'll, they'll, they'll change pastors and everything because, you know, they want to get a pastor that's going to grow the church. Oh, my gosh. wish I had a dollar. For every time I said that, I could retire. Listen. <clears throat> sheep and shepherds, right? You ever seen a shepherd give birth to a sheep? If you do, that's really a miracle you just saw. No, everything produces after its own sheep beget. So if there's life, if there's healthy, mature sheep, and of course we know this, sheep can't reproduce until they reach a certain stage of maturity. That's true about animal life, plant life, and human beings, isn't it? They reach a certain late, they have to reach a certain level of maturity, physical maturity and spiritual maturity in order to reproduce. So if we're not having any babies, what does that say to us? Something's not right. Isn't that right? So we need to what? We don't just go, oh, God, you know, give us some more babies. Well, God's not going to send storks out of heaven with babies. That's a nursery fable. Are you listening? That's not the way babies get here. Spiritual babies don't get here that way either, do they? No. God, God's not birthing babies. Sheep beget sheep. 1 Corinthians 3. Verse 1, he said, Brethren, I cannot speak to you as unto spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. What is a baby's carnal? A carnal Christian is still ruled by its feelings, by its wants, its desires, its appetites. Are you listening? And Paul, listen, Paul is writing to a church of believers that had every gift of the Spirit operating and he said you're a bunch of carnal Christians see we think if we could just get the gifts operating boy I'm telling you wouldn't we have a church well maybe so maybe not I'm all for the gifts of the spirit don't misunderstand me but that don't make you mature amen you can give a baby a toy you know a baby can play you could even give a baby your car keys and let him play with them you know on a thing but that don't mean he can drive the car I fed you with milk, there it is again, milk, and not with solid food. For until now, 
you were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able, for you're all still carnal. For there is envy, strife, and divisions among you. So if that's happening, guess what? In your life, if there's a lot of envy, strife, and all that's going on around you all the time, guess what? You might be a baby. Yeah, but I've been saved and filled with the Spirit for 29 years. You're a 29-year-old baby then. And we, we feel sorry for you, but we want you to grow. Stop spitting out the milk. Stop spitting out the pablum. Start swallowing some of that, and you'll start growing. Amen. He said, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? <coughs> they eat only milk. So we see there what, what a babyhood state is dependent. It's self-centered. It's easily upset. It needs constant care. It's carnal. If it don't get its way, why? Come on. Isn't that right? Mm. The second stage. But, here, but at the same time, we want babies in the church. We want babies. Don't misunderstand me. We want babies. We want, but we want new babies, newborns. Not 30-year-old newborns. We want newborns. And those of us that have been saved, we need to be growing. I didn't say we needed to be perfect. I said we need to be growing. Isn't that right? And we need to grow up because if we're all babies, who's going to feed us? If we're all babies, who's going to protect us? If we're all babies, who's going to provide? Isn't that right? And if we're all babies, how are we going to reproduce? The second one is children. Children. <clears throat> look in 1 John chapter 2. Let's look over there real quickly. 1 John 2. We're talking about the growth stages of discipleship. God has called us to grow up. He said, desire the sincere miracle of the word that you may what? Grow. So God wants us to grow. And we should all be growing. Isn't that right? And if I'm not growing, something's wrong. We're not saying you're a bad person. We're not saying you're an evil person. We're not saying that you're not going to heaven. We're just saying that something's wrong if you're not growing. You know, I know that there, there's certain uh, uh, digestive uh, uh, disorders where uh, my, my younger brother had it. I forget what it was called, but he, he could eat and eat and eat, but he stayed, I mean, just as skinny as a rail because his food, uh, uh, his body could not process and take the vitamins and the minerals out of it that he needed, you know, to retain. Everything just passed out of his body. And see, sometimes as Christians, we're, we're getting fed, we're getting fed, but if we're not growing, we need to look and say, wait a minute, what's going on here? Why is, why is faith not developing? Why is the fruit of the Spirit? Why am I not seeing some fruit of the Spirit in my life? You know, we need to look at it and you know, say, hey, what's wrong? You know, <clears throat> I remember, you know, when, when uh, Cindy and I, a couple of years ago, we were, we, were, we were over in Europe, France, and, and I was driving there, and, you know, and we were using the GPS and, you know, doing, trying to read the signs and everything, you know, and I don't know why strange people over there, why it wasn't in English, but it was in French. Don't, I'm just kidding. But you know, if we saw, you know, if I was wanting to go to, to Toulouse, which is over on, on the on the uh, east side of the country, and I think I'm heading that way, and all of a sudden I see it says uh, ten kilometers to Paris. Guess what? But you know what? I know better. I bless God, I do know I'm on the road to Toulouse. I don't care what they say on that sign. And I just keep running until I just run right up against the Eiffel Tower and bump my head and finally say, uh, well, maybe it is Paris. You know, it amazes me that some people think that they are people of faith and they'll just declare that it is so, it is so, it is so, and everybody around them knows it is no, it is no, it is no. It's not so, it's no. And until you get and realize it's no, you can't make an adjustment to make it so. You know? Well, I've got to get you to laugh a little bit. Medicine goes down better than that. Verse John 2, but it's still true. Verse 12, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven. 
forgiven you for his namesake. I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you overcome the wicked one. I write to you little children because you have known the father. I've written to you fathers because you've known him who is from the beginning. I've written to you young men because you're strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Now we're going to look at the children right here. Children, children again, you know, what are the needs of the children? He talks about the children. He said, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven. Children need affirmation. You know, as, as, as our, the infants grow, the newborns grow, and they get a little older, you know, and they begin toddling around and everything, and they get a little older. But children need affirmation, don't they? They need to hear, you know, that they are loved, you know, that, 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 that there's a plan and a purpose for their life. You can do it, you know, at the, at, at the things that are required of them at that level of maturity. You can do it. You can actually do this. You can master this subject. Whatever it is that we're talking about. But, you know, they need affirmation. And it's the same thing about spiritual children. They need affirmation. And, you know, and we're all probably aware of spiritual children, in, you know, here at Passion and others that we may know in the, in the course of, of our lives. And you know what they need from you? They need affirmation. You know, when my children uh, were young and they were sitting at the table like that and they spilled the glass of milk, I didn't get up and jump on them and slap them and knock them down and say, you idiot, what are you doing spilling the milk? You know how much that cost me? Come on. You don't do that. They need affirmation. You know, spiritual children, sometimes, you know, children, they fall all over their feet. They knock over milk at the table. They're kind of clumsy, aren't they? Come on. They need guidance, don't they? They need a relationship with someone who's mature. And if we're talking spiritually, mature in the faith. They need guidance. They need direction. They need affirmation. They need encouragement, don't they? They don't need condemnation. You know, it's okay to correct if you do it with the right attitude and in the right way. But a lot of times we correct, you know, out of a self-righteous spirit. What's the matter with you? Are we, we act incredulous like we never did any of that. I can't believe that you did that. Yes, you can. They're just a chip off the old block. Like one guy said. Now, I didn't say this. One guy said sometimes it's a blockhead. <laughs> now, I didn't say that. I'm just repeating what somebody else said. So they need guidance. They need relationships. See, we're talking about discipleship happens what, within what? Relationships. And really what we're talking about is, is we're talking about a natural family, but we're comparing it to what? A spiritual family. And you know, that's what we are. How many times do we say that, you know, here at Passion, we're a family. Yes, we're part of the church and we're a local church, but we're a family. And in a family, you've got... People have all ages. Isn't that right? If it's a healthy family. If it's, a, if it's not fractured. If it's not, you know, everybody off doing their own thing. But we're together here. And so they're, they're, they're fathers. We're going to talk about them. They're young adults. We're going to talk about them. But they're also children and newborns. And, you know, we dote on the newborns while we're also helping them to what? To be looked after and taken care of because we know what? They're going to grow out of it. The children, we're going we're gonna to be there to help guide them and protect them and encourage them and teach them. Why? Because we know what? They will grow out of it. Now, these need to grow up some. Turn over to Galatians. Let's look over there. One of the reasons that prayer, that we need to pray, you know, the Bible says pray for one another, doesn't it? Pray for one another. One of the reasons we need to pray for one another is because... That is an important additive in our spiritual growth. Are you listening? See, we think about praying for people's needs. But, and, and, and we do that, and that's right. But we also pray, you know, if you look at most of the prayers that are recorded, especially in the epistles, most of them have to do with prayers that help the body individually and corporately to grow spiritually. You look at the prayers of Paul. 
He said, I'm, I'm praying what for a spirit of wisdom and revelation for you so that what? You can be filled with the knowledge of God's will and God's wisdom. Well, that's spiritual growth, isn't it? He didn't, you know, he didn't pray for them to have, you know, a bag of lollipops. <laughs> so you can keep on licking them. <laughs> Listen to this. Paul brings out this same thing here. The Galatians, they were another church that was having problems uh, with some carnal things, weren't they? I mean, to the point that Paul says, he says, I'm beginning to wonder, you know, are you guys, did you guys really receive the true gospel? <laughs> Man, they were pretty carnal, aren't they? But he says, my, verse 19, my little children. See, they were still his children, even though, you know, they, didn't, they, they, they were still having problems with, you know, with legalism, with other aspects of their carnality and all. You know, they were all, there's all kind of division in the church and all that going. He said, you're still my little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Now, what does he mean, I labor in, in, in birth? He said, I labor again. I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. What does he mean by that? He says, I'm continuing to what? I'm continuing to pray for you. That prayer is a necessary ingredient to go along with the the milk of the word, you know, the meat of the word. We still need prayer one for another, praying for one another. What? So that what? Christ can be formed in us fully. That is God's aim. Listen. Now, you know this. I, I believe... God wants you well in your body. You know, I believe that. The Bible teaches that. God wants you, you know, uh, to have an abundance that all your needs are met abundantly and you're able to give to help other people, give for the missions, give for the gospel, all that. You know that's true too. God wants you to have joy. But God, more than anything, He wants Christ to be formed in you fully. He wants you to grow up. He doesn't want a bunch of whiny babies a bunch of kids that just are stunted. You know, a child at nine, when he's supposed to be nine, he or she is, it's delightful, isn't it? I mean, you know. I mean, we look at things they do, and we think, oh, isn't that cute? But somebody 39 did that, you think, isn't he strange? What's wrong with him? What's wrong with her? Isn't that true? Well, God's the same way. You know, things we do when we're children, you know, God will just like, well, yeah, aren't they cute and all? But when you, you know, you, you've been walking with God for 20 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, and you're acting like a two-year-old, God's just like us. He's like, so I don't know what that smell is, but why don't you go over there and change it? <laughs> yes, sir. They can begin to eat some meat. A child, can, you can begin to feed them. They can kind of begin to eat off the table a little bit, can't they? As they get older, they, you know, they get their teeth in. I remember when the kids, you know, when they got their teeth in, when they could start eating off the table, I thought, hallelujah, isn't this great? Man, oh man, oh man. You know, they're growing up. We're getting, we're getting past that stage, you know. Get them potty trained. Oh man, hallelujah. Can I get a witness? Oh, my goodness. Once we got them potty trained, man, we really thought, thank <laughs> It's looking up now, Lord. And about that time, number two comes along. <laughs> Not that number two. <laughs> Child number two. <laughs> then the third stage, young adults. Young adults. You know, the young adults, they need to grow up by form, forming a strong friendship with Christ and other believers. Now, we read there over there that these young adults or these young men, as, as it's translated, they, one of the attributes of that young men, young women, is they're learning to overcome. In other words, their faith has grown, their knowledge and understanding uh, of God and the kingdom of God has grown to the point to where now they can begin to stand on their own two feet. They can stand using their own faith. They can begin to get their own prayers answered. They can begin to help others get their prayers answered. He said, you've, you've overcome the wicked one. So they've grown up. They've become strong. Isn't that true? You know, we who 
uh, are older now, and we see that, and our kids have grown up, and they're grown now. I see, you know, my sons and my daughter, you know, now they're young men and young women in the prime of life, and man, they're stronger than dad is, and they can do more than dad is, and they can, man, I'm, if you try to keep up with them like I used to try to keep up with them, woo. No, in my mind, I think I can. You know what I mean, Brother Walter? In my mind, I, can't, I think I can. But man, when they get out there and start doing what I used to do when I was their age, my body says, say what? You're going to do what? They're learning to overcome. He says the Word is abiding in them. Now see, if you're, you're a young man or a young woman in the Spirit, in the, in the faith, you're learning to overcome. The Word is abiding in you. I mean, man, when, when, when the enemy comes, when life throws its circumstance at you, the first thing you think of is not, why did this happen to me? That's what a kid does. <coughs> Excuse me. That's what a child does. But a young person, a young adult in the faith says, praise God, this is what God says. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against you. In the name of Jesus, you cannot stay. But see, a baby or a kid says, oh, let's call Pastor Pastor The devil back again. Bless his holy name. Come on. See, if, if they're a genuine baby, that's fine. But see, if you're a 15-year-old toddler or a 20-year-old adolescent, something's wrong. We have to grow up. Isn't that true? We have to grow up. He said, the word is abiding in them, and also they're learning to serve. I'm going to tell you one of the things. If you, you want to see if people, they're, they're maturing at each stage. You know what? As they grow, whether it's from a, a baby to a toddler, from a toddler to an adolescent, an adolescent to a young man, a young man to a mature person, one of the things is, is that you see in each stage, they are able to take on more and more responsibility. Are you listening? And see, the problem is in church, a lot of times is, is you got, we got so many babies, nobody wants to take on the responsibility to serve. I want you to do for me. I don't go to that church anymore because I just don't feel like it meets my needs. You know, I would, I would, you know, be a part of the worship team or the ushers or the prayer team, but, you know, nobody ever asked me. Exactly. World's smallest record player here. For you kids, disc player, CD player. We're playing. We feel so sorry for you. So what young adults need is they need an opportunity to serve. Man, you start growing, you get to this growth stage, you're looking for ways. I mean, I want, man, I want to tell somebody about Jesus. I want to lead a Bible study. I want, I want to do all, you know, we, we'd rather have to pull the reins back in on people like this. Man, I can do it. I can do it. Are you listening? And we, we need to have people who are growing up who are ready to take on responsibility, who are ready to serve, who have discovered their spiritual gifts and, and taken their talents and saying, bless God, he, he, give me the land, I'll take it. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to pray. You can count on me. You know, tonight we're going to have prayer here. Just thought I'd put in a plug there. Hope all the grown-ups will come out pray with us amen well you know I would but my favorite program comes on Sunday night DVR it come on just record it and watch it when you get home my gosh you can't put it off what Jesus tell his disciples could you not tarry one hour Adulthood. They, in adulthood, he talked about fathers over there. Adulthood, you know what they do? They continue to re reproduce themselves. Their relationship with God and with others 
is that they are able to what? Reproduce themselves. Don't answer this out loud, but let me just ask you, when's the last time you've reproduced yourself? When's the last time you, you took somebody under your wing and you began to disciple them? And you began to teach them? And you said, you know, uh, come over here, let me share some things with you. Let me share you what God uh, has told me. Come here, listen, get over here and pray with me. Watch how I do it. Now you do it. Come, come join our group. Come, sh- let's show you how to pray. How to witness. Whatever it might be. But when's the last time you, we've reproduced somebody? See, we say we're spiritually mature, but if you're not re- reproducing somebody, something's wrong. Isn't that right? So here's what they are. The, the adulthood, you're reliable and you're grounded. You're reliable and you're grounded. A mature person, you can depend on. That's true in the natural, isn't it? Absolutely. How long would you keep your job if you were not reliable? Do you think that that's, they're asking way too much of you to expect you to be reliable, to show up to work? I mean, I mean are, they, are they just putting such a demand on you that you should have to show up to work every day? <laughs> Holy cow. What do they expect of me? We laugh about that. But listen, spiritually speaking, should, is, it any, is it any less if we expect you to be reliable and dependable to the church you say God's planted you in? I just don't, I think it's unreasonable to think we're going to be here every Sunday. <laughs> now you understand, I'm talking about, you know, we know, People go on vacations and stuff like that. You understand what I'm talking about, right? You know what I'm saying. But we, we don't think it's that, that way about it what, when it comes to natural things. But when it comes to spiritual things, we think, you know. And to be honest with you, which I always endeavor to be and, and to be open with you, that really tells me what there's an attitude adjustment that needs to be taking place. Because we say that our job's more important than God is. Well, I hope your manager or your boss or whoever will be standing by your side when you stand before the Lord and can help explain it. Well, here's my manager, Lord, you know. Tell the Lord how important it was, how I was there every week. Tell him. Tell him. They're not only reliable and grounded, they're kingdom-centered. It's about the kingdom. It's about the kingdom. You know, I enjoy more of the blessings of God now than at any time in my life, in this life I'm talking about, and they mean the least to me now than they ever have. It doesn't mean I don't appreciate them, I don't enjoy them, but, you know, there's a perspective, isn't there? So you realize, you know, I'm just a steward of this stuff. Man, I, I go home to be with the Lord and all this stuff there that, you know, I'm mopping, cleaning, dusting, wiping, vacuuming, and washing the car and all that. That's, 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 what's that going to matter? That's going to be somebody else's. I hope they enjoy it. <laughs> Isn't that right? I hope my kids enjoy it. But I, you know, we get that perspective, a kingdom-centered perspective. It's, it's about what we do for God. It's about His will. It's about being faithful to Him, being reliable for the kingdom, doing all those things. You know, that's a mark of spiritual maturity. And, you know, if we do that, we're going to begin to reproduce. Are you listening? You say, how's the church going to grow? As we reproduce. Sheep reproduce, beget sheep. We grow up. We become disciples. We get serious about our walk with God. Amen? They're able to feed themselves. And they help the babies and the children to grow up. Look at one more scripture here. First Timothy. Look over there. 
they help out. Mature people help out. That's just what they do. You know, if you invite me over to your house for a meal or something, and you're doing stuff, you know what? Unless you tell me to sit down, I'm going to be in the kitchen helping you. I'm going to do something. I'm going to wash the dishes. I'm going to do, you know, what? That's, that's just, that's the way I was taught. That's the way I was trained. Are you listening? You know? I come in here in the auditorium. I see a piece of paper. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick it up. I'm not going to say, well, that's somebody else's job. No, I saw it. I'm there. It's my job. <laughs> is that too old school? Well, if it is, I don't want to change in that respect. Helping the babies to grow and to grow up. <clears throat> We're going to look at uh, 2 Timothy. I'm in first. Let me get over there in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. He said, verse 1. We'll just go back to verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things... Verse 2, the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men and women who will be able to teach others also. One of the reasons that we want to get into, and we're going to begin doing small groups, life groups this year, we're going to kick them off, is because, you know, just like I said before, right now, here we are, it's Sunday morning. You sit out there and you listen to one talking head here exercise his guilt. But that will not disciple this church. Are you listening? Paul didn't write to Timothy. Now, Timothy, you make sure that you teach and disciple everybody in your church. No, he said, you take some men who we would say faithful men, we would say mature men. Isn't that right? Reliable is faithful, isn't it? Faithful just means people full of faith. People full of faith will do it over and over and over and over and over again. If I'm full of faith about prayer, guess what? I'm going to be faithful in prayer. If I'm full of faith about giving my tithes and offerings, I'm going to be faithful in giving my tithes and offerings. Is that right? That's what it means to be full of faith. You're faithful. So he says, we're to be helping the babies and children to grow. We're helping them to grow. Are you listening? Absolutely. We want to help them to grow. Now, you know, in Hebrews, I want to read you a scripture. You don't have to turn over. I'm going to read it to you. Hebrews 5. It says, talking about, you know, helping people to, to, to grow and to reproduce. Paul's talking about, uh, he, said, uh, he said, solid food is for adults. That is for those who through constant practice have their spiritual faculties carefully trained. How, what's a mark of of maturity is that we are constantly practicing doing the Word of God. We're doers of the Word. We're constantly practicing doing, exercising the gifts and talents God's given us. And we're doing that in a way that is what? Reproducing uh, life and reproducing disciples in other people's lives. See, we think, I get mature, that means, hallelujah. I've learned how to fight my devils. I've learned how to overcome my circumstances. And I've learned how to, for me to be blessed. Hallelujah. I'm going to Florida to see you. I've arrived. I'm retiring now. But he says, you get to that place, and the personal blessing is secondary. That's wonderful that you're blessed. It's secondary. The primary is so that you can help others to get where you got. To know what you know. To understand as you understand. Isn't that right? And then once they do, they find somebody else and they do the same thing in them. Let me give you some action points because my time is up. question for you. Where are you in your spiritual growth? You need to be honest with yourself before God. You don't need to tell me on you know. I mean, if you've got a close friend or your wife, you can ask them to confirm it. But now, don't get all mad now. You have to do marriage counseling because they tell you the truth. Amen? Listen, I want people to tell me the truth. Isn't that right? 
I, to me, that's a sign of maturity too, that I don't get my feelings hurt. Amen? You know, and even sometimes when people have done it, not in the best spirit, you know, there was still some truth to be gleaned. You know, once you get over yourself, there's some truth to be gleaned. Secondly, you need to ask yourself, what do I need to do to continue my spiritual growth? Where are you? Are you a, a baby? It's all about me, Jesus. If you are, then what did he say? Desire to sense your milk of the word, what you may grow thereby. Well, Pastor, I can't make it on Sundays. Well, that's the only time we get together. And since a baby don't feed itself, I know you're not feeding yourself. Otherwise, the word of God's a lie. Hello. See, you need to at least be getting this much food. But one of the reasons we want to do some small groups is so that you can also get fed, you know, during the week. One-on-one where, you you know, you get right down to somebody and it's, you know, you're living life. You know, it's, it's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine people together. And, you know, you're, you're, you're going through the Word. You're going through life. You're looking at life. You're looking at the Word. You're praying together. You're, you're being honest and open with one another. And it's a place where you can be held accountable. And you, how, how are you held accountable in something like this? Isn't that right? I can't even make you listen. I mean, you know, you can be out there all out for all I know. You could, you know, been on a tour of Europe while I'm talking. It's in your head. <laughs> but when it's a small group, there's an accountability there, isn't there? I can, I can, I can say, hey, how, how's your marriage going? Well, it's going great. <laughs> Come on. See here, we're in, a, we're in a group, a large group like this. We can all laugh. And, you know, the old song, you know, laughing on the outside and crying on the inside. All right. Uh, next week, we're going to end up this series, and I'm going to talk about the Jesus model of discipleship. You know, we have to have an atmosphere and a culture that is conducive to spiritual growth. Now, Jesus was the perfect Son of God. The Bible says He had the Spirit without measure, didn't He? He had every gift of, uh, that the Holy Spirit had to give. He had every gift of it in His life, and it was working, wasn't it? He knew the Scriptures. He was the living Scripture. He knew the Scriptures better than any man ever alive. Isn't that right? I mean, and I think he had a pretty good prayer life. And I think he was pretty sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I know I'm being facetious. All right, I'm just saying, with all that going for him, he decided he could disciple 12. But you want the, disciple, the pastor to disciple 100. I'm pausing there for a minute. Let that sink in. Because you're going to have to, for this pastor, you got to back way up off of all that stuff we just said. But sometimes that's, see, it's the model that we have here in the American church. You come on Sundays, the pastor, man, if he's got it, he gets it. But Jesus ministered to the crowds, but he discipled 12. If he had all that going, he thought 12 was enough. Hello. So next week we're going to look at the Jesus model of discipleship. Now here's the thing. All you spiritual adults out there, and even young men and women, spiritually speaking, okay? Why don't you just take note of who's been missing and go get them? Well, that's the pastor's job. working on it. But it's not just my job, is it? Amen. Find out where they're at. 
it's awful quiet here. You start talking like this. But that, see, see, <clears throat> we want to put it all off on one person. Say, so they do it, they do it, they do it. <clears throat> but you know what? God's called all of us. If we're, we're adults, what? We should be acting like adults. Isn't that right? If I was an adult and I saw a young child in the street, even if it wasn't my child, I'm going to do something about it. I'm not going to say, well, it's not my kid. See that three-year-old out in the middle of the road? Boy, if they get hurt, you're culpable, aren't you? Or should be. Isn't that true? Same thing true with us if we're growing. You say, oh, we want to see Passion Church grow. Let's get with it. We want to see this happen. Well, let's get with it. It's all of us together. It is me, but it's also you. It's, It's all of us together. As we grow. Now, one of the things we're going to be doing this year, you're going to hear about it, we're going to be launching out some small groups. Because what? We want discipleship to take place. And that's going to only happen in a small group with accountability, with relationships and fellowships that is workable. You know, it's hard for me to even get to, you know, to shake everybody's hand on the same morning. All right, now, can, can can I be pastor here for a little while? Okay. For some of you, it's because you won't stay around long enough after the amen for me to do it. <laughs> and for others of you, you don't get here till about 10 or 15 minutes into the worship time, so I can't do it then. Can't do it before the service. So we need small groups. I understand that. You might be coming from work. Things happen. I understand that. But see, that's the reason we need small groups, isn't it? Because in a perfect world... Everybody would be able to get here early and we could all fellowship or everybody could stay late. But we're not living in a perfect world. Some of you have to go to work. Uh, you, others of you are taking care of people at home. I understand that. But, but we still need it, don't we? And so small groups is going to be the key to that. So you be praying and you get your attitude and your heart adjusted. Amen. If you know people who are missing, reach out to them. Especially if you know them. Amen. Reach out to them. They, you know, they may not be as grown up as you thought they were. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe they they weren't grown. They're not grown spiritually, and they need some encouragement. You know, most of us we can meet under a tree. Why we're grown ups? But for some people, this was a big adjustment for them coming in meeting in AUM. Reach out to them. Help them grow up a little bit. You know. Let me see some of them come back, grow up a little bit and come back. And that would be a good thing, wouldn't it? Would you stand on your feet? I'm going to pray for you then. Well, actually, Brother Walt's going to come. He's going to pray for you. And he's got a couple of announcements too. Uh, Pastor Walt? Praise the Lord. I got a sheet of announcements to make sure. Uh, listen, as Pastor Norris was saying, uh, we're going to be doing uh, Sunday evening prayer right here in Goodwin Hall from 6 to 7.30 starting tonight. So listen, if you got nothing else to do, and it's Sunday, come on out, be a part of what's going on. We're going to be praying for uh, the River Region, uh, the, the city of Montgomery, which, which every city needs prayer, and then the upcoming event on Easter, the Awaken event. Also, uh, we're partnering with Echo uh, on that backpack, feeding the kids. 60, they're, 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 they're doing 60 a week. But anyway, next Sunday is the last Sunday that you can bring some things if you have not brought anything already. There's a list of items out on the uh, uh, stand. There's an information stand right outside this door area. You can pick up a list of things that you can bring. Or see Aida. She's in the service, and she's standing back here in the, in, in the middle here. You can see her and ask her any questions you may have on that. Also, if you want to be part of the prison ministry, Passion Church has a prison ministry. And if you want to be part of that, you have to be trained on it. And it's a semi-annual training going on at the Church of the Highlands next Saturday. And that's from 8.30 to 12.30. And that's the only way you can be part of the prison ministry. Or you can go out and rob a bank and you can be in the prison when we come in. We can minister to you. That's the other way you can be a part of the prison ministry. I don't think you want to go that way. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Listen, I'll tell you, it's a great ministry, but uh, you want to do it the other way. Sign up and go to the training. Hey, listen, Easter Sunday is April 1st. We'll be having service here at AUM, and then that evening, and we'll be at the uh, Riverwalk Stadium. But now, and there's a special prayer time going on the Riverwalk Stadium on March 22nd to prepare for this. And if you want to be part of that, it starts at 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And what they'll be doing is praying over the event, things that's going to be happening in the seats and the people that's coming and what they expect to happen. So if you want to be part of that, it's 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the 22nd. That's a Thursday. Uh, and also, if you want to pick up the prayer and fasting guide, it's also outside on one of the racks on that information rack. We got a real nice rack right outside this door. Might need one on the other side too, but right outside that door is information you can pick up that's going to tell you everything that I just talked about. Amen? Praise God. Well, listen, if you knew the Passion Church, thanks for coming. We're so happy that you're here. We hope you come back and bring somebody. You know, it's a great, great church to be a part of. We are growing and we're getting going to different Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.